Welcome back to the Call in Our Shop podcast, episode 44. I'm Austin, joined by Logan. Today we're talking all about the MLB. Maybe we'll sprinkle in a little bit of NFL action at the end, but the trade deadline's less than a week away. But first and foremost, Logan, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. It's it, Like you said, MLB trade deadline's a big time because in, in the MLB, a lot of these non-contender teams are, are definitely sellers in this market. So I'm really interested to see uh, what sort of moves are made and and those those teams that are right on the fringe of contention can can this be the piece that that you know went, puts them over I, i'm really interested to see it but how are you doing buddy i'm doing pretty well i'm excited to get into this and i'm more excited for next week because when you if a lot of people don't know we post these every wednesday at 10 a.m eastern time but we do record tuesday night just so we can get it live for you guys and we'll know by next tuesday everyone that's dealt because the trade deadline i believe is uh, at like 4 p.m on next tuesday so we'll know exactly we'll react to all the deals hopefully we see a lot of deals and in addition to talk about the mlb trade down the deadline we'll also talk about some betting tips for the mlb but as always if you guys aren't subscribed we certainly would appreciate if you go down below hit that subscribe button hit that like button too we can't do without all your guys love and support so thank you guys all so much for supporting the channel and without further ado logan let's start talking about some people and i don't think there's a bigger name on the trade block than this guy in washington dc juan soto now we obviously know that juan soto has been a lot in the rumors you know he rejected the 15 year 440 million dollar deal and a lot of people kind of maybe gave him some slack and i don't blame him for rejecting that deal but what's your initial take on juan soto you just saw him live a couple months ago so what is your take on mr soto yeah you know i the Juan Soto situation is is really interesting because he he could have pulled the you know Carmelo Anthony he could have had the bag and and stayed in in Washington but it doesn't seem like you know there's that that's really going to work out so it's really interesting if they they are going to move him you you know you move a, a franchise player like that where you would move him and you know what you know what kind of rubs me the wrong way I hate how how the Dodgers just always are in in the running for these types of players all they do is just collect talent and like like it's like it's nothing just it's like thanos collecting stones like that's all they do is just buy is buy all the buy all the good players and when juan soda was uh recently i I, so we're recording this in a night before but the last night when the nationals did win he he hit like a like a bouncing triple up in there and everyone in the outfield's like cheering him like hey you're coming to la and 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 he he turned around and like laughed at him and, and like nodded his head. And I, so he's he's having fun with the LA crowd that appears to think they're gonna get him. Really, really don't. I hope he doesn't go there. But um, I'm interested to see what you think, where you think he might end up because I think I have a great landing spot that isn't like I I don't know how he could make it to this team, but I would love to see him being a St. Louis Cardinal because I think they're just one more solid offensive piece like a Juan Soto. That, that can get on on base. They're just one solid piece away from being that like title contender. Now the Cardinals pitching has let them down a little bit. I won't lie to you there. Um, but I, I think if you if you were to have a three head attack of Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Juan Soto, I mean that would be enough to maybe even outscore teams in the in the you know playoff time. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like Juan Soto is probably not getting dealt uh, at the also, at the trade deadline this year. I would love to see it just because I'd like to see big moves, like see big name guys move. But, you know, when I think about Juan Soto, looking at his kind of where he stands from, I mean, for starters, you people see $440 million. That's life-changing money. But they don't really break it down to like the yearly amount. Like his that would have been less than $30 million per year. And while that seems like, yo, he's a spoiled brat kind of thing, rejecting that amount of money. I mean, he could probably go out there and sign a three-year deal for $40 million kind of thing. So I think he could win, get a lot more money long, long-term long wise if he doesn't go to this long, you know, 10, 15-year kind of uh, 
you know, contract. So, and we've seen the Nationals fumble the bag repeatedly. They did it with Bryce Harper, did it with Trey Turner. They haven't shown, you know, a commitment to be wanting to be a successful team, a successful franchise. We know they just won the World Series within the last, you know, five years, but they just haven't shown that commitment to always want to be that World Series team. So I don't blame Juan Soto, you know, saying, yeah, I don't really know about this. It's not the best deal. I'm sure if they offered him more money, maybe he'd reconsider. But I mean, I say more money as in 440 million. Is that not enough? But I don't I blame him for rejecting it. Now, he did get the Nationals PR uh, in a bad spot, whether by they not chartering a flight for him to the home run derby. And then he got them looking bad and looking like they were salty that he turned down their their uh, their you know extension. But in terms of where do I think he goes, I don't really think it's going to be the Dodgers. I just have a hard time seeing the Nationals trading it to him. And I have a hard time believing that the Dodgers have the best, you know, package of trade assets and draft picks to send to them. I could te- I could see a team like the Cardinals. I haven't looked at a ton of, you know, what, what the pieces the Cardinals have. I could also see a team like the Mets that have been rumored for him. Obviously the Mets are kind of trying to go all in. They kind of got this, you know, great They got Max Scherzer who's getting older and older as the years go on. Jacob deGrom should hopefully be back, knock on wood, in the next couple weeks. So it's a team that could be, you know, trying to make that all in move and Juan Soto would certainly be it. But I don't, I don't necessarily, I just don't see him getting traded very similar to how, I mean, I don't hate to compare it to the NBA, but like a Kevin Durant thing, like the, the asking price is too high. And I don't think that asking price is going to come down enough over the next week for Juan Soto to be dealt. I think he's more maybe in the off season. We see him move. Yeah. I, I definitely hear what you're saying because with, with when it comes to baseball, they're, they, the nationals can ask the world for Juan Soto. And at the end of the day, like, are you really going to pay are you, are you really going to maybe set your franchise back several years by like Juan Soto is is a you know obviously a left fielder right so like he's not he offensively he is he is definitely a game changer but like he's what's, what what is he most known for yeah obviously a, a pretty respectable batting average he's known for just constantly being on base with his ability to draw draw walks but when you look at it, the, the fact that of how many prospects and, and talented players you're probably going to have to give up, draft picks, et cetera, I don't I, – really, if I'm a team, I'm, I'm not looking at Juan Soto like, okay, you know what, he's he's the missing piece. The only guy, the only type of teams that, that would probably do it is, like you said, the, the, the teams that are like, this is our year, we have to go for it, screw, screw the, the farm system, we're going to give everybody what we got, so – yeah, and it has to match the timeline for the team. And, and, you know, Juan Soto obviously, you know, isn't the youngest guy in the world, not the oldest. So he does match some teams' timeline that have, you know, older guys on their roster. But I just don't see him getting dealt. But I would love to be able to react to a Juan Soto trade next Tuesday night, a yep. week from today. I would absolutely love it. So if they want to trade Juan Soto, fine by me. I kind of want to move a little bit of a different direction. Go to two pitchers that are rumored. And one would be Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds. Obviously, he's a pitcher. And right now, there's a couple teams kind of looming kind of looking at maybe the Luis Castillo. There's a couple ones. The Yankees are a team rumored to get him. Uh, what do you think about that? And do you think there's a better team that should trade for him? <sighs> yeah, Luis Castillo is an interesting one because, I mean, if I'm the Yankees, yeah, of course, I would I would like an arm like him because if you look at the Yankees rotation, like, you know, come, come playoff time, which the Yankees will obviously be there. They're probably going to be in the ALCS, you know, at a minimum. It's Garrett Cole. It's Nestor Cortez potentially Luis Severino like and so but Luis Castillo would fit in nicely to where they're not having to you know rely on you know Jordan Montgomery and and a few turkey tossers like that I'm trying to think of another I I just I know the Yankees and they don't really want their their playoff hopes you know hinging on on a guy like Montgomery they want they want a guy like Luis Castillo that can carry them that six six 
potentially even seven innings. He's he's a very efficient pitcher and get them to that, you know, the Yankees bullpen is like one of the best in the league. So they want a pitcher that that just is so controlled. Luis Castillo, what he's been for the Reds, he's just been a really good uh, controlled pitcher that, you know, he's just, he, he has his occasional, you know, bad games, you know, every once in a while, but every pitcher does. Luis Castillo should, should, if I'm, if I'm a title contending team this year, I'm definitely going for it. I, I think he's, he's the, the grand prize. I, I am interested to see probably the Yankees will get him because it's what they do. Yeah. And Luis Castillo is a guy I a hundred percent think gets dealt and it would not surprise me if you see him go to the Yankees. I think the Yankees have realized in the last, you know, five, 10 years from they've really been struggling to get to that world series and you'll get over the hump. They've obviously still had a lot of talent and they're still going to continue to have a lot of talent for the foreseeable future. But what they've noticed is that their pitching staff, it's, it hasn't been the strongest. And this is probably the strongest it's been in the last, you know, five, 10 years but they have not suffered a significant injury. And I'm not rooting for an injury. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm going to root for him. But their starters, they're five guys. The Cole Cortez, Severino is the one that has, you know, been injured. But Tyone and Montgomery, those guys relatively haven't missed many starts. Severino would be the only guy that's really missed. The other four guys have started, I don't know, 17 to 20 games this year. I think the Yankees know they can't afford, you know, an injury to go down like that because I don't really know who their sixth and seventh guys are. So I think a guy like Luis Castillo, whether, you know, he is that – fifth guy in their rotation, the fourth or fifth guy. I don't really necessarily know where he fits in, but it is always important in the playoffs to have guys that can not only come in for a little bit of relief, but also go, you know, two, three, four, five innings. You sometimes see in the playoffs teams throwing guys in on short rest. If your guy gets, you know, what maybe Garrett Cole comes in on three or four days rest, doesn't have his A game stuff. You need another arm to go to. And Luis Castillo would be that kind of guy for this, uh, for this Yankees roster. So hundred percent, I'm looking at an article. They really project him to go there. Would not be surprised to the Yankees kind of a team that is, all in right now they have to go all in i mean they're, they have the best record in the mlb yeah you, i mean you saw i think yeah well obviously when severino was injured and the yankees had to go to the bullpen type games i you know those didn't those types of games didn't really work out for them and i was like that could spell a little bit of trouble i think the yankees front office definitely knows our bullpen is great at finishing games you know like you know two three innings type type games they, they're very tactical in what they do there but a guy like Luis Castillo would fit in perfectly. And look, I, we just talked about the team. I, I would love to see him, and he's not going to this team because there's no way they would possibly trade him. But the, I would love to see him go to the Cardinals because, to me, their their biggest weakness is pitching. And if and this would be in the division, so the Reds are hell they aren't going to face Luis Castillo constantly. They're not going to do it. I'm just saying that would be such a good fit. Some of these, some of these like you know NL contender teams, you know. I, I look at – I'm trying to think of another one. But I, I, I really do think a, a team deficient in pitching, they should offer a lot for Luis Castillo. Yeah, and kind of staying on the same trend of pitching, we're going to look at Frankie Montes of the Oakland, Oakland Athletics. Obviously, he's a pitcher. You look at his record, I think he's like 3-9 and nine on the year with like a 3 ERA. I mean, it's not his fault. He's stuck with the Athletics team. But right now he's rumored to go to the Twins. Uh, that's at least what this is mm. kind of predicting. And I kind of like that one. I kind of, we think about the Twins and a reason if you watched our last podcast, I was kind of trashing the Twins. I think they're not going to make the playoffs. And it was, wasn't because they're hitting this. This team, very talented. Arise, Correa, Buxton's of the world. Team that lacks a lot of strong pitching. And if they're going to not only, you know, I think this could get them over that hump to easily winning their division potentially. And maybe even trying to, you know, be a sneaky team in the playoffs. Obviously, Sonny Gray, I, I don't want to trust him. Dylan Bundy, Devin Smeltzer. 
Chris Archer, and then you have Frankie Montes. That's not a terrible rotation, terrible five-man rotations, probably one of the more consistent rotations in the MLB. So is there a team like the Twins who's like Montes going there? I think the Athletics are going to be a fire sale team once we get to the de- deadline in the next week. But what are your yeah. kind of thoughts on Frankie? It's funny about the A's because they kind of fire sold their team in the offseason. I'm like, what more do they have left? They're just going to fire sale. They're going to be just an atrocious baseball team for the second half of the year, I guess, maybe. But, okay, I do I do really like the fit with the Twins. But if we want to talk about another one team in that division, that AL Central, how about the White Sox? Couldn't they Couldn't they use him? I mean, you you add him to a rotation with, with Cease. You know, can you, can you really rely on Cueto? I mean – uh, who else? Lance yeah. Lynn has been a kind of a shell of himself this year. So Kopech I think of solid too. Yeah. I, I think white Sox would be a great fit. And how about the other Sox? How about the red Sox? If they were able to get their hands on a pitcher like this, like, right? Like, I don't know what the red Sox would have, would have to offer. I don't know what sort of cap situation, anything like that, but it w- I'm just saying from a player perspective, Red Sox are in desperate need of pitchers. They really don't want to be throwing out the Winkowskis of the world, trying to you know make any sort of playoff push. They're they're a team that's sort of reeling at the moment. And I mean, if I, if I were their front office, I'm like, we need a pitcher like now. So yeah, I mean, Frankie Montes is is a pretty solid pitcher. He goes farther than his analytics might suggest, but he's very solid. Those teams you mentioned, Red Sox, White Sox. I'd like to see him go in the White Sox. I obviously don't want to root for the Red Sox ever, but I like the White Sox a little bit more just because, yeah, we don't, Lance Lynn has been straight turkey tossing since he returned, and maybe he needs to be sent you know, to minor leagues just to kind of work on his stuff because he's really not looked good. And he was a guy that they could rely on last year as arguably their number one, number two starter, and that's been Cease. Cease has been dominant over the last yeah. like 11 starts, only allowing like three runs total. So he's been on a historic pace. But another guy like Montes to step in there, kind of provide that little push to get to the playoffs because we know this is a White Sox team with the batting to obviously support a good starter pitch, starting pitcher. The problem is when Lance Lynn comes in, gives up six earned runs, it's kind of hard to you know kind of support that. Um, kind of moving on to the Royals, we're going to go to more, some more hitters. A guy that we're going to be rooting on tonight, Andrew Benatendi of the Royals. Obviously, we're rooting on him to get a hit. I have no idea if he got a hit. If he didn't get a hit, you probably would have seen me uh, mad on Twitter, but I'm probably mad in the daily video that came live before this. But he's been rumored. We think about the Royals, you know, it's a team that I don't really know if Ben Attendee fits their timeline. I mean, he's rumored to go to the Blue Jays. Another team that I could see him going to, same division, would be the Yankees, a team that's been, you know, looking for a guy that I think gets on base a lot. We know Ben Attendee is the king of the single. This is all he does. He gets on base and that's what the kind of the Yankees need. They have a lot of guys that are swinging the fences, guys. The only problem is I don't really know where Ben Attendee fits into the lineup. I mean, I think he's been bat- he's been batting number two in the Royals lineup, but I don't really know how the Yankees. The Yankees probably don't want to mess with the top five of their lineup with you know Lemayhu, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton kind of thing, and then Matt Carpenter's come on late. Although Matt Carpenter's not going to continue his rate. But what's your kind of thoughts on Ben Attendee? Is there a team you like? The Blue Jays, Yankees, another team that you could see him going to because this is another guy that could be traded that's batting like three thirty on the year, three twenty. Yeah, the Blue Jays is an interesting fit because to me they they're such a talented offense and with the power that he he could be inserted into that Blue Jays lineup and make a difference. Like you said, the Yankees is an interesting fit because I'm I'm just sitting here and I'm like, this is a top half of the order guy. As you as you mentioned, I'm like, who's he gonna bump out? Right? Like, are you just gonna assume that that Stanton falls off a little bit in, in the playoff time? Because when Stanton when Stanton's not pimping homers, Stanton is useless. Right, you got you got a you got a few uh, guys in that Yankees lineup, and that, in my opinion, are you know just boomer bust. The not the kind of players you want in, in the in the playoff times. I, I want the guys like like the Lemayhews that are constantly you know leadoff man aboard guys like that. And if it, I I could imagine a one two punch 
where it's, you know, when may you Ben and Tendi and that's, that's two runners on base and the Smith's arm pitchers, he's, he's taken off his hat. Like, what did I just do? So, I mean, that's, it, it could, it, that would be a very dangerous situation. I would love to kind of see him in that, in that uh, AL East. That would be great. I'm I mean, it's to, the same thing as the Blue Jays though. I mean, they're a team that's kind of had the same sort of four to five guys starting yeah. the lineup the whole year long. So I'm not sure if Ben Attendee gets moved. I don't really know. He's an interesting guy. I think, can't think of a team off the top of my head that, you know, could use a guy to go in that top three that they need a high batting average guy to get on base and then as good guys in the four and five. Obviously, we didn't talk about it. Stan is on the IL for 10 days, I believe, with like an Achilles injury. But I don't think that's going to factor in necessarily to the Yankees potentially going out and try to trade for Ben Attendee. But he's another guy that's going to be uh, on the radar. What's up? I have an interesting fit. I'm just kind of looking at like divisional odds and I'm just kind of like sitting here like like thinking – what teams are in here that that could just use a push and use use an offensive spark? The San Diego Padres could really use a guy like Benintendi. That w- that would be such a good fit for them. You know, just the if you if you look at the San Diego Padres, there's a whole lot of games that their their bats are just MIA and like like straight up didn't even bring them to the to the game. And I, a guy like Benintendi constantly being on base, I think would be the the sort of spark that they would need. Because I'm looking at, I mean, obviously the, the books don't give them a chance, snowball's chance in hell to, to win the NL West. But I don't know what their sort of playoff outlook is. And I, I don't know. The Padres definitely have the pitching to be able to be a contender. I, I don't question their pitching one, but I question their offense. And a, a guy like him, I, I think would fit in perfectly in that top half of the order. Yeah, I think similarly, a team like the Giants wouldn't surprise me either. They're a team that's obviously always messing around with their lineup going. Con- so no guy in that lineup really has consistency. They're not like, oh, dang it, I'm not batting first or second. It's just because they're all over the place. They could have one at bat and they get pinch hit. That's just their crazy lineup. So in that sense, Andrew Benatendi would be good for that. But also he's used to being, you know, in the same spot every single day. And I don't know if that's how the Giants really operate. They're always just moving guys around. But Benatendi would be cool to see him in a new change of scenery. I mean, this is a guy that's always on base, just waving at his guys, just swinging and swinging out for the fences or grounding ball or getting double. I would be <laughs> curious. I want to look into how many double plays has Benatendi been, you know, the first guy out at second. Like, I'm just curious. He's probably out so many times on just a ground ball from whoever bats third in their lineup that it's just a sad amount. Because like we said, Benatendi, the king of the single. But let's move on to a guy that's already played today, Chicago Cubs. Wilson Contreras. I mean, he's a catcher. He's been linked to the Mets. Also see this article has him linked to the Giants. What's your kind of thoughts on him? Because we've seen the fans kind of give him his, you know, flowers in their most recent game when he hit, I believe he had a hit or something like that. They gave him his flowers. Seems like he's on the way out. What are your kind of thoughts on him? Yeah, the fan reaction tells you a lot. Like the 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 Cubs are, are another team that could easily go fire sale mode. That wouldn't surprise anybody. They're they're not really in contention. So to me, if I'm the New York Mets, that's a big upgrade from their current catcher, Tomas Nito. And there's a lot of Mets fans that will tell you they don't like Nito. And if you put a guy like Wilson Contreras on there, you are just fully going all for it all, all in this year. I think he would fit in really great with the Mets. And, and the, now the Giants, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it because who do they have a catcher? Maybe Casale? I, I don't know. <laughs> like off the top of my head, sorry, Giants, you, you have a new, new lineup every single day. Uh, so I, I don't really know off the top of my head, but I think he fits in a lot better with the Mets just because they're in, in prime playoff contention. They, they will probably be, uh, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, they, you know, for Mets fans, they can hang on to that division because the Braves are, are coming and, and they know that that's why, that's why the Mets front office will, you will probably see them being aggressive during this because they know they can't just stand pat. The, the, the Braves are a really good baseball team. They'll come for them in the division. They'll come for them in the playoffs. They're proven World Series champions. 
Yeah, and that's why I think we're going to see these teams all go kind of guns a blazing because there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams out there, very good records that are maybe you know a push. They might think a play or two away to you know making that extra push. Like you said, Mets are only two games above right now, as we record this, and above the Braves who have been scorching hot since like June started. So. I mean, this is going to be an interesting. The Mets, I anticipate to make a move. Will it be for Wilson? Will it be for, you know, a guy like Castillo? Or for well, who knows who it will be for? But I expect them to make some some moves, and that's going to be interesting to see. Another another Moving back to Castillo's team, moving back to the Reds, Brandon Drury has been uh, linked to be traded. He's obviously their third baseman. And I heard a stat today as we were, I was watching our no on first inning, which obviously did cash, uh, wave those flags. Uh, but for the people, <laughs> but Brandon Drury, I heard a stat from him. He has the highest slugging percentage versus off-speed pitches this year um obviously he's been one of the bright spots for this offense for the reds fenced i believe normally second in the lineup it's been a big bright spot now where is he rumored to go is is a good question there's really i mean some some people think he could go to atlanta i see atlanta for you know low level minor leaguers i don't think there's gonna be a big haul for brandon jury but this is a 30 year old guy it's not necessarily a guy i mean a lot of people are just finding out about him because he's having one of his best years ever but this isn't a young guy. He's 30 years old, so it doesn't fit the timeline for the Reds. But what is your kind of thoughts on Brandon Drury? Because this is another guy that, you know, we could see a team like that's con- con- contending, going for that extra push to kind of go move for a guy like kind of guy, guy like Brandon Drury. Yeah, I'm looking at the list again of potential contending teams and, and where they're at in their respective division. And look. Again, I we already I already mentioned this team, but if I'm the White Sox, I I can't have enough good offensive players, right? Like I I think adding Drury would add add some some depth to that offense that that they they've just been trying to shuffle. Look, Larusa, I don't really trust him as a manager, and I don't always think he puts the best lineup in there to succeed. That's why whenever I'm trying to bet or bet against the White Sox, I have to see their lineup beforehand because I, I don't know who's going to be in there. They've struggled with injuries at times. I think he would provide them some consistency that they're kind of missing because I, I know this White Sox team could, you know, at their peak, they're they're a steady five, six run type, you know, offense. They, they for, for sure are. You know, of course, we we mentioned their pitching's a little bit inconsistent, but I, I could see the Reds maybe, you know, shipping them off to, you know, the White Sox for for not a whole lot. Because I mean, I, I look at look in the division; they're not going to trade them, you know, to the Cardinals or anything. They're absolutely not going to. That's not going to happen. So, I, you know, another team that's in contention would, would probably be the White Sox, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's going to probably play second base, third base. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, we don't really know. They when they said to the Braves, they anticipated him to play second base until Ozzy comes back, which. Braves would be an interesting spot. I wouldn't blame them. I mean, they've had, obviously, their top half of the order is pretty consistent, but they could throw a guy like Drury in there, moves Austin Riley to the two or three, or, you know, move who knows where. But I'm curious if Brandon gets dealt. I think he could be. Uh, Moving kind of on, I don't really have much more to say about Drury, and I don't have a lot to say about this guy, Trey Mancini. Obviously, you know, he sometimes plays first, sometimes outfield, obviously on the Baltimore Orioles, and we all know his story, so... He was talking, or at least I saw an article talking about him, you know, soaking in his last couple of days at Camden Yards because he doesn't know if it's his last day. And that's kind of the tough part for these guys because you never know when your last day is. And this is a guy that Mantini, who's gone through a lot, especially in Baltimore, probably has has a ton of fans there. The people love him. So I don't really think Mancini gets dealt. I hope he doesn't just kind of for the sake of this younger kind of team with Adley Rutschman, Ryan Mountcastle. We love him, obviously. And I feel like he's a good locker room presence. But what's your kind of thoughts on Mancini? I don't I, I agree with you. I don't think Mancini gets dealt because I don't think there's a team that's like we're a Trey Mancini away from the World Series, right? Like he's not 
I, I love him. His his on base percentage is great. He's he's the king of as you always mentioned the singles. He he's really good at at you know getting timely hitting. But I think the Orioles will value him enough and 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 you know demand enough that a, that a team's like ah we'll, we'll 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 hang off the Trey Mancini train. But I mean as you mentioned, I I think he's a, a great mentor toward the, to, toward that young Orioles team. I mean the Orange Birds have been one of the bigger surprises of you know the year to me because. Last year, the Orioles were one of my favorite teams to fade. It was so profitable fading them because they had terrible pitching, uh, hitting that that never showed up. And this year, they're they've been quietly really a really good offense, and and their pitching's really come around. So, I think the Orioles need to be patient. And I think think they need to keep a guy like him around. And yeah, I'd, I'd kind of be bummed out if they traded him to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page with you. I don't think Mancini gets dealt. I don't see him as you know that guy that you know takes another team over the hump and. I don't really know his contract details, but the Orioles have like no one on their pay their payroll. So they need to at least pay someone. So Mancini can be that guy. He's certainly earned it in the community for all he's been through and all he's probably done for Baltimore. So certainly support him. Now, the last player before we get into our betting tips for the MLB, Shohei Otani. Another guy I, I didn't even put a position because I don't really know how to define his position. But uh we everyone knows Shohei Otani. I highly, highly doubt he gets moved. Uh, if the Angels get moved, I don't know what their fans are going to do, honestly. I, I think their fans might throw in the towel and rage quit on life because Otani's basically been the only bright spot of this whole Angels season. He's been obviously – I mean, you see that you know, the Angels underdogs in every game, and then when Otani comes on the mound, they're at least you know even. But even Otani can't carry this team. And what are your kind of thoughts on him? Do you, I don't necessarily think he gets traded today, but if he does get traded in the next one to two years, do you have a place that you think he should go to or could go to? Yeah, Shohei's obviously a franchise-defining player, right? And and the Angels would just be complete fools for for letting a generational talent like him out the door in any any sense of the capacity. Considering you have Mike Trout and you have a, a sort of decent nucleus, you know, with Ward, etc. The the Angels the Angels will be fine. They just kind of had had a bad bad luck of injuries, and I don't know what they've been this year. They've just been a little bit way too inconsistent. So number one, Angels better not deal him. But number two, I'm trying to, I'm sitting here even trying to rack my brain about like what team could get give him the world essentially. Because if you're if you're the Angels, you're like, all right, we're asking for like two to three bona fide, you know, starters, you know, all star type players. You know, the the teams that could that could even offer that would be like the the Yankees, the the Dodgers, the teams that have a surplus of of really good talent. And could say, yeah, we'll do a like two, two or three player for a one player kind of swap. I so mean, that's really tough. I I would love to see him go to a small market team just to just to be fun like that. But you know, I know how baseball works. The the, the rich get richer, and the, the 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 Orioles and the Pirates type teams they stay bad because they don't spend money and they don't make any moves. Yeah, I mean, there's really no way you can trade. I, I Otani's trade value is probably one of the more you know interesting. Kind of like I don't know how you even put together a trade for Otani because not only is he you know a great hitter, you just took his hitting sit splits from this year or last year. You'd be like, this guy's you know Juan Soto level. But then you throw in that he's you know an ace of a pitcher. He's he's a borderline Cy Young pitcher. It's like you get everything you could ever want. You said it best. He's a generational player. You won't we won't see another Shohei Otani for a hot minute. You don't see these guys every single year, every single five, ten years, every decade. Not many of them. I don't think Otani gets dealt here, but I do agree. And he does get dealt a team like maybe the Mets, a team like, you know, the Yankees, a team that has a surplus of talent that can just pair and give the Angels what they're looking for, certainly capable. 
I just, I would love to see him in you know a smaller team uniform. I just don't don't see it happening. But hey, I've seen crazier things happen, so that would certainly be pretty cool. But there's no other players that we can really think of. So those are kind of our thought line, our thoughts on those guys. Hopefully, we see some more trades. Maybe some people that we didn't even expect to get traded over the next week. Then we can react to and give you guys our thoughts and opinions. But gonna want to wrap up this one. And I know Logan, you want to talk about some betting tips for the MLB. So I'll let you take it away, and then I'll kind of give you my give my uh, my two cents. Yeah, so, you know, if, if you guys are always wondering how Austin and I do this research, believe it or not, I don't just sit on my phone and go, Whoop, here's today's pick. Like, I, I, I do a lot of, you know, numbers reading and, and line reading. And, like, obviously, you know, my my favorite site for, for line reading is Odds Jam. Shout out, shout out Odds Jam, our sponsor. But I have other sites and, and whatnot that if you guys in the comments are like, you know, can, can you list them out again? Sure, I, I would be happy to do it. But I want to list... You know, a few that are just my absolute go-to and what I use them for. So primarily I use OddsShark, OddsShark.com, navigate to their MLB, their their scores and everything. They're a great website. They have all sorts of pitching, you know, splits. They have all sorts of offensive, you know, category ranks. So when I'm like a team's 24th in, in you know, runs or, you know, offensive or 24th in runs on the road, Odd Shark shows you that. So it's they're really cool in that. And they show all the, the pitchers, you know, whips, you know, walks, home runs, et cetera, that that they that they give up in, in each game. They show they show the the team's uh game logs of the last 10 games, and you can even expand it to full season. So that's like my number one. If I were to say a, a one-stop shop type website for a lot of the research, it is Odd Shark. But then, you know, a, a, you know, a, a a website like Swish Analytics is great for, you know, the player props as Austin always does. And for when I pull the splits of a pitcher versus individual hitters, because that, that, that lets you see, all right, who's got whose number, right? Who's, who's batting well versus Garrett Cole today? Who, who can, who can I potentially count on in this first five innings, you know, when it's starting pitcher versus starting pitcher. So Swish Analytics is a really good site on that, on that one. I do love MLB.com for showing me like, Fun, you know, expanded stats like batting average and balls in play. And MLB.com is also great because if you want to look at like how a team does versus left-handed pitching, you can filter it and it shows you where they rank amongst all 30 teams. That's great. And then StatMuse is a great – this is how Austin and I always look at, you know, how how teams or, or individual players – You you it's essentially like a Google search. Like, like Royals, left-handed batting average on the road, the last five games, like – they, they, it, it's really great in the sense that it brings it up that. And it's also how we pull, you know, our first inning, you know, when we're looking at Nerfies, we, I, I pull their game walks right off StatMuse and I just go one by one and, and see, you know, did they give up a first inning run? Yes or no. They show all the game walks like that. So those those are my favorites. And also oh, team rankings is how Austin and I find where a team ranks in, in first inning runs. If they're towards the, the front or if they're towards the back, I do like team rankings a lot, but. That's kind of how we do the research. You see, guys, it's not a, it's not just one website. It's like it's like a whole boatload of them. Yeah, betting MLB, in my opinion, is probably one of the toughest sports. And a lot of people obviously know that I do a lot of the NBA videos, do a lot of the NFL videos. And I would argue MLB is probably the, the hardest one to bet. I mean, the other, you can have a, a little bit of rough beats in all these sports, but there's no worse beat than, you know, some errors or some random fluke stuff going down in the MLB. But when I start, you know, when I start to look at, and I'm just going to talk about player props in general because 
I think strikeout props probably the hardest to bet. And if you notice, you know, K props get super sharp. And that's not just for K props, but I feel like K props are the sharpest, the earliest in the MLB. And then we see, you know, the game lines become even sharper and sharper as the season goes on. It becomes harder and harder to win as you get more minor leaguers into games. Pitchers haven't seen minor leaguers. They don't know what they're going to come to the plate with, what they're going to be looking for, things like that. That's why we see a lot of upsets. Like, so the athlete, we saw, I think, what was it, 10 or 11 of 12 teams with a worse record won on Monday? Like that was just, that's just the nature of the MLB. Any team can win any given day. Even the worst teams in the MLB are going to win 60-ish games. So that's why it's, I think it's hardest to bet MLB because the games are so, you know, so, so many games that, you know, one team's not going to take a one loss to the head. They're not going to take it and be like, oh man, we're not making the playoffs. I mean, maybe when you get to the wild card round and then it really is a one game kind of thing, then you're gone. But I think people need to realize that, you know, it's hard. I would really suggest never doing money line parlays. I saw so many people on an Astros Dodgers money line parlay on Monday. Mm-mm. And, you know, both of them lost. And that's the nature of the MLB. There's a reason you see these FanDuel odds boosts. And, you know, we say the odds boosts are cursed. They are cursed. I will say that. But we mainly mean it in a sense of they're always boosting money line parlays. And they know those are the most unprofitable bets in the industry. And while I know people love doing them, and I'll be a, I'll be a hypocrite when NFL season comes around because I'll have one money line parlay of the week. But you know, <laughs> that's just because I want to provide the content for you guys and I want to sweat something out with you. But I understand that they're not profitable. I'm not expecting to cash it. That's why you see me normally going for long shots and just you know hoping that we strike the strike gold one time. But in terms of websites that we're talking about, you obviously named a lot of them. My favorite one would be Baseball Savant. Now, if you've maybe been watching Colin or Shot for I don't know, we coming up on our two year anniversary, I think in November, but. If you, a lot of people might not probably don't know that I went to school for statistics. And if you like statistics, you like numbers, baseball savant probably probably be your heaven because there's so many different numbers. Honestly, too many numbers sometimes, but they have ton, tons of numbers from how you know a pitcher throws, uh, how many pitchers they uh, how many what pitches they throw, how teams do against certain pitches, how you know how Raphael Devers hits curveball, four seam fastball, a strikeout percentage. They have so many numbers there. So I think baseball savant's one of the cooler sites. Um, baseball reference, obviously a really good one. You can see, you know, splits of, you know, Brandon Drury versus left-handed hitters versus right-handers for versus, you know, different kind of things. So I really do like all of those. Uh, I think you named a lot of the good sites. I really just think baseball, you know, uh, baseball is not a sport that I suggest putting your full bankroll on, you know, different things. It's definitely, you know, more, one of the more unpredictable sports to probably bet on. But Logan, what do you kind of think to that? Yeah, I, I want to piggyback off what you said because you made a lot of good points in there. Like, I think one of your best points is kind of the whole randomness of baseball and and what it really comes down to. And I know, I know you guys don't like when I do it, but line reading in baseball is so key because you have to ask yourself, why is a pitcher with an eight ERA getting a favor, a really favorable line compared to the ACE on the other side, uh, you know, on the mound with, with like a two or three ERA, you have to ask yourself this stuff and say, what are the, where do the books want me? And like the numbers and all the websites that I laid out for you are great. And, they, and they, they can help you make, you know, they can make you feel better about your pick. But at the end of the day, baseball is so key to line reading. And let me be the first to tell you guys, I, I was extremely square. I was only betting like August of 2021. I was only betting the bets that made sense to me. And I had a lot of one in three days in there or oh in four days. And that and that was just baffling to me. I couldn't understand. I'm like, why, why, why? It's because the books are sharpening up. Those those pitchers that were that had a five or six earned run type games can surprise the team with a one or two earned run type game. Those those things happen in baseball. So you have to be you have to expect the unexpected. 
And as Austin always mentioned, money line parlays are not the move in baseball. I promise you that. I will never. I, a two leg parlay is about the most comfortable I'm ever uh, comfortable with in baseball. And it's not a two leg parlay of favorites. It's probably a two leg parlay of run lines or something favorable for you. And kind of piggybacking off that, not only do sharper lines, I mean, people need to understand that it's not just baseball that gets sharp. I mean, we talk about the NBA lines, you know, as the season goes on, those lines become even sharper and sharper. My time doing the morning videos, I can't go, just go, oh, DeJounte Murray plays today. Bang, Darius Garland. All right. All right. There's the video, guys. Like, I can't do that because the lines are getting super sharp. They know what to expect. And that's why you see, you know, we normally are in NBA time. We're normally pretty profitable in the first half of the year. And then the lines get pretty sharp. Teams start to hone out on defense. That still goes on. Not just player props, but spreads and over-unders. You see a ton of randomness in the NBA the second half of the year. Even though teams are trying harder, they make those lines even more juiced. They'll make the Jazz 12-point favorites and they get blown out. Although, I don't know if the Jazz will be 12-point favorites this year if they trade Donovan Mitchell for a King's ransom. But that's not here or there. We'll talk about the NBA in a couple weeks. But I think baseball is a tough sports bet, and I understand, you know, why people might get angry. But don't you know you don't have to bet every game on the board. And the worst thing you can do, and that's not just for baseball, for every sport, is to chase. We obviously see a ton of people in the late night chase games. We're talking about the Dodgers, the Giants, teams chasing those kind of games. And chasing never win. You never win chasing. You might win one night chasing like a one unit loss with a two unit winner. It doesn't work out long term. That's how the sports, that's how majority of sports bettors are, you know, not profitable. It's because they're always chasing things, always trying to recoup the losses and turning a one unit loss night into a three or four unit loss night. That really hurts. And it's tough, it's tough to go to sleep in those nights. I've been there. I've I've lost a bunch of my bankroll before just by forcing a lot of bets, but you know, I've dialed it down. You'll probably see some more, you know, two, three unit bets out of me come NBA and NFL season, but that's because those are the most bets I'm confident in. But you just gotta, yeah. I don't really know. How to, I try to mold it into the best that I can, but you gotta you can't chase losses. I think that's probably the big big thing, and obviously bankroll management. Do you know how many times I've woken up to uh, betting Dodgers minus one and a half, and I check the score in the morning because you and I are East Coast guys, can't stay up till one a.m. and I'm like, oh, there's an out right out. Like, okay, why why did I do that? Why was I so stupid? Like the the books put the Dodgers at at ten o'clock. They they put them in that spot for a reason. I'm not I'm not even gonna lie to you. They they love putting that minus one and a half. Looks so tempting. I have to. Pre- I just have to preach, guys. A, a team in baseball, even though you might think in your head, oh, they're so much better than the other team, they're really not. It, all it takes is a one swing of the bat, and that, that it's really just that random. So you have to. You, it's this. It's a. It's a lot different game. And I think probably as people are betting baseball with us, they're understanding this. It's a lot different betting baseball than than the NBA because the NBA is so star driven and so influenced by one or two really good players that can affect the game. Baseball's not like that, right? There's a pitcher and then there's, you know, nine hitters in the lineup and and a lot of randomness happens. Some days it's 0 for 4, some days it's 3 for 4. Just how it is. That's baseball. But I think we gave the people a lot of really good points on that. I agree. And if you guys ever want us to talk about different topics, feel free to leave them down below in the comments. We're happy to do so. But that's going to end this podcast, episode 44. Episode 45 is going to be a very good one next week, next Wednesday. We're talking all about the MLB trade deadline. Hopefully we see some teams make some big moves, see some big names go different places, see some new uniforms. That'd be absolutely lovely. But we'll be back again next week, episode 45. You see your daily videos coming out. And NFL, this will be our last podcast before NFL seasons of a full swing with preseason. So we appreciate you guys always for tuning in. Austin Logan for signing out.